welcome back, Access and T podcast fans. It's Danny here. You guys, I'm really, really excited. I start out with excited every single time, but this particular episode, I've been waiting to do this. I've been dying to do this, and um, I cannot speak enough as to why this is so important. I'm going to give my disclaimer as I always do. So you guys can guess what we're talking about, Amway, Worldwide Dream Builders, and any other Amway lines of affiliation. So with that being said, I am not here to defame anybody. I'm here sharing a story, my personal opinions based on personal experiences. My guest is speaking based on personal experiences, personal opinions. Um, if you want to join Amway, if you want to join Worldwide, if you want to join Brit Worldwide, URA, LTD, I don't care. Like, do your thing. I'm not telling you not to. But I would highly suggest listening to some of the stories that we have told here. Anybody that I talk about, I have their names changed already. So don't sue me. I say this every time. I'm not here to get sued. I'm not here to defame anybody. Okay. We're good. So with that being said, you guys, I have somebody who, it, we have a different perspective. You've heard people who, you've heard my story. You've heard my guest stories who have been inside of these organizations, but we haven't gotten to hear the perspective of somebody who watched another person go through this. A family member who has seen the changes, seeing the the toxicity that happens when they have a family member in these organizations. So actually today, I'm really excited because I get to bring my dad. My dad, I talk about my dad a lot here. My dad is a professional. My dad has a career that he has been in for a you know long period of time, which worldwide really like to talk down on, but I cannot speak highly enough to where my dad is in his life and how I strive to be where my dad and his family are at this period of time in their lives. Well, I'd like to welcome my dad. What is up, dad? Well, hello, good afternoon. <laughs> So I'm really excited to have you here. You know, this is something that we kind of talked about a little bit. And um, I think your perspective is really important because I mean, I can say how I was when I was in the organization, but I think it's different coming from somebody who had actually watched that happen. And I'm curious, why do you think it's so important to share this perspective? Well, uh, it's it's always a, a battle and a learning experience. And in the course of trying to teach your kids what the, you know, what the correct uh, course of life should be, it's not always easy. It's always a battle. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And you've, I mean, <laughs> you've taught me so much in my life. And kind of when that time when I was kind of entering into worldwide, I think that's really when our relationship kind of had started to become as strong as it was. So it was kind of a weird time for me to join um, worldwide. And, and I've talked about my story before. So it's it's pretty out there, you know, how how my childhood was and how um, we weren't as close then as we are now. But when it comes to to Amway, have you heard of Amway before? Absolutely. I've uh, been around people who have been, uh, you know, they were involved with the, with the process. I, I don't know if I would call it a business, but uh, that's an organization for sure. Yeah, yeah. You would call me often Amway Al. That was your favorite nickname for me back in the day. And you've had people show you this quote business, right? Somebody tried to sit you down and try to tell you that you could become rich with this. Well, I had more than more than more than one before I, I met this individual. Uh, uh, this individual used to happen to be a, an old coworker of mine, which I spent uh, quite a bit of time with. But prior to him, I actually met somebody. He lived over in Kaiser, Oregon, and I was buying a vehicle from him. When I went over to uh, look at the vehicle that he was selling, he was, you know, very friendly, you know, very welcoming, and uh, you know, obviously they try to build a, they try to build trust through relationships, and uh, so he tried to build a, a relationship of trust with me, and you know, we, you know, obviously made me feel like we were best friends from the get go, and talked about the vehicle and so on and so forth. So after after I bought the truck from him. 
he, you know, he check in once in a while to make sure that, uh, you know, the vehicle was still, you know, operational and, and blah, blah, blah. But, uh, you know, deep inside, I knew that uh, he didn't give two craps about whether the truck was running or not. So he was just trying to, to find a way to, on how he can work himself into the conversation of, you know, basically work himself into to my house and, and to go from there. He would He would talk about big people with big money. Per se, and uh, I finally had to tell him. I said, "Dude, I'm really not interested. I wasn't interested in dumping my money." He wished at the time I didn't. You know, I've never had any money to begin with, but at the time I had even less. So I told him, uh, you know, I had just enough money to pay my bills and pay my rent, and uh, I wasn't in a position to dump any money into anything else that wasn't uh, going to produce immediate dividends." And I asked him. I said, "Hey, you know, if I give you this much, would you promise that in this amount of time you turn around and?" Uh, duplicate it or, or triple it or whatever. I go, then at that point, I go, if you can promise me that in three weeks or a month or whatever, you know, I'm going to see rewards from this. He goes, well, he goes, it's going to be, you know, the effort that you put into it. I'm like, what do you mean the effort that I put into it? Because if it's a sure, you know, slump dunk, then you should have enough confidence that I will double my money in for a period of time. So if somebody's able to make billions of dollars in, you know, five years, then you should be able to, if I give you 200, you should be able to make $200 in Two weeks. Then I and then and then you know I basically tried to pry what kind of products he was pushing, how he was selling the product, but he was not really interested in selling product. He was he was more interested in selling people. And I'm like, well, I'm not I'm not in the not interested in learning the business of selling people. Like if there's a product and there's profit to be made, I go up more than happy to do it because after that point I had I had started I don't know if you remember that but I used to buy blankets and sell them I used to yeah, buy I do. Boot, boots and leather belts and all those leather goods used to go to the flea market used to go to you know different venues and try to sell product but it was product exchange for money it wasn't it wasn't I wasn't exchanging somebody's name in hopes that I would get financial benefit so yeah that's what I told him I said I wasn't really uh in the business of selling people. Even his wife came over to our house uh, one more time, and I, when I told him, I said, well, if you can, you know, if you can show me the, but show a presentation where your product is coming from, you know, it's sought after, do we have enough consumers to make money off of it? I go, I'm, I'm all for it. I go, I'll stuff my garage with your product all day long, but I will give you, I'm just going to throw an example, I'll go give you $10,000 for your product, and at that point, you shouldn't care whether I sold mine for fifteen or 20000 or I gave it away. I go, I'm not, I'm not going to go over and try to pitch uh, a business when there is no physical product. Yeah. You know, if, you have, if you have an item to sell, then you can sell it for whatever you want. Because that's what capitalism is. So I wasn't really interested in, 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 in acquiring seven or 10, 20 names in hoping that, that I get 10, 20 bucks from each person. I go, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to start shaking people down. That was my direct uh, first uh, experience with the organization. And that's what's really interesting is that, and I've talked to all different lines of affiliation, which back when I was in, I had no idea these people even existed or that they had different sorts of ways of doing things. And I actually just a couple of days ago spoke with somebody who was in an organization and they did push selling products, which was a foreign concept to me because back then I wasn't selling a product. I was doing what this person was doing. I was selling, trying to sell people a dream as far as, you know, you could get, it was people focused. That's what they told us. They said it was a mentorship opportunity with a business opportunity attached. And that's so allegedly fraudulent, just the way that they, they're pitching it. I can imagine that that put a really bad taste in your mouth with this organization. It didn't because I, I didn't spend, I didn't spend any of my time. I didn't spend any of my money into it. So I, I, it really didn't, 
he didn't really do anything for me because I, you know, I've never been what he call it a, a dreamer. I mean, I, yeah, or, or something un, unobtainable. Uh, I don't, I don't get, you know, I, I don't get wowed by somebody else's story. You know, I get wowed, yeah. wowed by my own story. That's a different. That you know, that's probably for a different conversation. But uh, it, it, you know, if somebody's got, I don't know, billions of dollars. It doesn't really affect me negatively or positively so when somebody comes up to me and said you know i'm having you know breakfast with some rich guy i'm like oh good for you i mean yeah. I'm, I'm having breakfast with my kids i mean what's the difference i go i mean i probably not a whole lot i mean at the end of the day they're gonna, gonna go to your home and you're not gonna grab any of that guy's money and take it with you true yeah so, so no i mean you know it, it didn't really to me it was like it didn't it didn't have that wow factor for me to even be interested in it so no i didn't really leave a that taste in my mouth because you know my time and my money were still safe that's true yeah that is true that makes sense so do you remember when i was telling you about that i had met some people and that i was going to some conference do you remember that conversation uh not quite sure because once you said that you met some people you were going to a conference it immediately because i had you know i had heard about 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 the organization for many different ways because I, I used to work with this with this guy that uh, he really tried to push it on to me. And uh, I remember I finally told him, I said, well, if if you're around people that has this so much wealth, and if you're going to have this much wealth, I go, why am I staying 15 minutes after quitting time trying to jump your, jumpstart your vehicle so you can make it home? Yeah. I go, well, I mean, why is your wife picking you up from work and taking you home because you have no car? I mean, so if your situation is worse than mine, that means that you're making less than I am. So therefore, how am I going to believe you that that is true? Now, if yeah. I if I see if I see a guy in those conditions, and then you know a month later he shows up, you know, driving a, a new car and moving into a new house, got new clothes and stuff, yeah, then we'll talk about, hey, how'd you do it? But yeah. if I have, you know, if you if you give me this pitch and six months later you're still in, in the same spot, if not worse, then how am I going to believe it? There's no credibility. Yeah, I'm pretty big on credit. I'm pretty big on credibility. Uh, I, I I've it's been a long time since I've uh, actually believed people's words. I, I will see. I will see most, you know, most mostly situations and conditions and uh, you know, in actions. So if you if you if you tell me that uh, you know this this thing is gonna make so much money, but then you're still relying on me, so obviously it's not making any money. Immediately when I told you, your first words were, "Is it Amway?" And I don't think, I said, I think so. And I don't think I had quite learned yet. What's so predatory about the system, especially as it was when I was in, in 2016, they didn't tell me it was Amway. They didn't even say the words worldwide dream builders. All they had said was you have this guy, I call him the club owner. He was a very long-winded fellow. I was in a room, maybe full of 20, 30 people. And he just kept going on and on about his life. And like the way that he said it, it sounded great. Like, yeah, this sounds fantastic. And especially when I'm in a position where, you know, I didn't want to live with my mother anymore. I had just left um, who I call Kyle, like, it, of course, that all sounds great. And it wasn't until I was so fascinated by this and so like gung ho about it that I even found out that it was Amway. That was the one thing that you had asked me, like, is it Amway? I was like, yeah, and you were so against it. I, I remember being surprised. I was like, oh, like, why is it so bad? And, and just having this naive thought that this was a great thing. Well, I think I think you, you use the word predatory. 
Uh, and mm-hmm. and you, I mean, you've been you've been around them long enough, and probably you know a lot of your listeners have been around them long enough that they will not really seek somebody that's got a you know stable life. They always they're always you know preying on somebody that you know like a gas attendant. Somebody's not happy with their job. They're not happy where they are financially. So it's easier for anybody to go over and convince somebody to do something when they are not happy in the situation they're in. You know, if. Yes. Uh, like for example, if uh, if somebody wants you to leave your relationship, out of a relationship, they're gonna go over and prey on somebody that is unhappy in the relationship. So if they want somebody to leave their job, they're gonna go and look for somebody that's unhappy with the job. Is uh, you know they're not getting that financial compensation that they should. Uh, they prey on people that are you know can make the rent, can make their, their you know their their food, can you know. So they they'll go to people with low resources because everybody yeah. with low resources their wishes to have more resources. You know, somebody that has resources, a lot of times they don't wish for more resources. They just wish to keep what they have. So, you know, obviously they see a single mother that is struggling, you know, living with her parents in an apartment or whatever. You know, that's a perfect prey. Oh, it was. It was like a perfect storm. And one of my guests, her name is Cassia. She she said it really well. She's like, because a lot of people try to say, oh, well, I, that would never be me. And one of the things that she said is, don't think that you're above it. They just haven't hit your pain point yet, which is exactly what they taught us to do. They taught us what's called form, where you talk, you go up to somebody, you talk about their family, then you talk about their mm-hmm. occupation, you try to get to know their recreation, which is stuff they're interested in. And then once you finally heard that pain point, that's when you quote, drop the message with them. And it, it, that system is predatory because when we're going out and oh, talking yeah, totally. to people about this stuff. So the guy who brought me in, I call him Robert. It's not his real name. Cheeto guy. The funny thing, <laughs> my dad calls him the Cheeto guy. Cause I think, uh, dad, why do you call him the Cheeto guy? Just out of curiosity. Well, when you asked me what was my first impression, I go, well, the, the thing that I remember is he was sitting in a corner catching Cheetos. Remember he used to throw them up and up the ceiling and try to catch it with mouth. He did. He did. Yeah. Yeah, Robert was a guy I knew from school. And what's funny is I reconnected with Robert purely because um, I had, do you remember the guy who sideswiped my car and tried to say he wasn't from here? So I looked him up on Facebook and I saw that we had a mutual friend. Sure enough, Robert was that mutual friend. And I reached out to him. I was just like, hey, do you know this guy? Is he from the area? Yeah, great. Okay. But it wasn't just that with Robert. It was very much like, oh, it's so great to hear from you. Like, I haven't talked to you since school. Like, how's it going? And and it was just all of these different things at once. He really kind of finagled his way into a friendship with me that was not genuine. It was very much with an ulterior motive because he would, every opportunity that he had, and he would hang out with me and I call the guy that I was with at the time, Luke, who I always say every episode, I'm so sorry, Luke, I should have never been with you. It was a shit show of a situation. Pardon my language, dad. I'm sorry. Um, But he, he would always find ways to be friends with him and me and like tried to get us in the situation together. And ultimately, he was able to prey on, like you had said, all of those different things about me. And the way that he told me about it, and I was I was skeptical at first because I like to think that I, I am a skeptic. Apparently, at this time, I was not skeptical enough. But I looked up the guy who he was talking about because he gave me a last name. And he's like, well, you're not going to find him. I was like, <laughs> you don't know me. I'll find him. And I did. And what's funny is this guy was a club owner. And he had, there's a lot of I didn't read all the bad stuff about him. I really just wanted to see what career path he was in and like what he was doing. So that's the first like thing that he told me. And then he's like, oh, I just buy stuff. I'm like, what what the hell do you mean you buy stuff? And he's like, yeah, with Nike and Apple, just throwing out all these buzzwords um, with at me. And of course, that sounds exciting. When I, I told him, I was like, yeah, sure. Whatever. Like I'm not or actually, no, 
that's not true. I told him I wasn't interested for a while. And then I had gotten into an argument with my mother and I was, and he called me up and was like, Hey, I can get you a meeting with these people. Are you sure you're not interested? And I was like, yeah, totally. I'm down. So later on that night, what's so funny is I left and I told my mom where I was going and she was like, yeah, just don't go get involved. Like, don't get wrapped up in sex trafficking is exactly what she told me because I was going down to a hotel at the airport. And looking back, like, how dangerous is that? You have a single female going to meet some people, I'm putting quotation marks here, at a hotel. And I think about that now and I think about how, like, actually dangerous that is and how dangerous of situations these people put us in. Um, so that was my exposure. So I guess when when you kind of saw that I was like really invested in this, kind of what was your thought process? And, and do you happen to remember like trying to to talk me out of it before I even started? When when you when you told me about this, you had already been you were you were really uh, emotionally invested with these people. I think at, at the time it didn't matter what situations were. Uh, you were never really receptive to my opinions. Whatever whether, whether it was a relationship with somebody, whether it was school you were going to. I mean, it didn't matter really what the path was. You were really uh, shut down from, you know, taking my advice on anything. So when he came to, when he came down to these people, it was like, everybody's going to melt you for everything. You you make it, which is not very much. You don't have anything as it is, and they're going to get every cent that they can out of you and the people around you. And you're not wrong. And I'm, I'm very open about that here because I, I have a lot of audience members who kind of were raised in a similar situation and, and being more open about the fact that I was raised in a narcissistic environment. I was very much poisoned against your opinions. Um, obviously, that's not the case now. But back then, it was hard to kind of know who do I trust? Like, I couldn't trust my mom. I felt like I couldn't trust you. And it was like, I, I emotionally, I was messed up. I was so messed up during this time. And I'm still messed up. But like back then, I was like, especially messed up. And so it was like any like they really did. They found like the perfect storm of a situation to find me. And I was I was so emotionally invested in these people. And I was for three years. And it like pains my soul to think about how emotionally invested in these people I was because like I even had uh, I call her Jenny. She was in the room with me when I gave birth. I put her over my friend who was my friend for a long time. We're still friends. And I will to this day always regret that. But it's because of how predatory that they are. You know, they they tried to pretend like like you had said, oh, they're your best friends. And kind of when I was in it, how did you see things change? Because I mean, I was already kind of a not great person. But I can only imagine that like, I went to an extreme. And what was that like to see as my parent? Yeah, I don't know if you, I don't know if I saw what you would call any change or radical change. You, you know, you got more cemented into the rebellious thinking. It's just because the, uh, you know, the, it was beneficial to these individuals to, uh, you know, to isolate you with people that will try to talk coming into you yeah so uh, obviously anybody that that would tell you anything against what they were trying to do you know they were not going to be good people and they you know obviously when 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 you're in a fragile state of mind like you were i mean you were very vulnerable and uh, so they they knew that they prey on that so it was pretty easy for them to they basically say that i was strong you know somebody else was right whoever was feeding that i don't want to say addiction but it's like an addiction like so whoever was helping you feed that addiction you know they were all for it so whoever yeah. was against that addiction they uh, were definitely against it so i would imagine they probably well, didn't think very highly of me per se because the fact that i was against their beliefs yeah yeah within their talks so i had gone through i was telling 
you before we started recording that I have an audio that I had from when I was in. And within the first, I want to say 30 minutes, not even the first 30 minutes, they're already kind of planting a seed of doubt in the people that you have in your inner circle. They quite literally say, don't kiss this off because your grandma who's not even here or your mom and your dad who are broke, don't listen to them. Like if you want to go listen to them, great, go be broke the rest of your life. But if you actually want to have success, you need to quote, follow the people with the fruit on the tree. And they would say that within the first 30 minutes, like they're preventing it from happening almost already. And it's it's just the way that they do it. Like they automatically say like, we know you're going to go look this up. We know you're going to go talk to your parents about it. We're going to tell you ahead of time, your parents are not going to be about this. And that's a huge part of not just the beginning process, but once you actually get to know these people, they seclude you from your families. Dad, I don't know if I've told you about this or not, but I definitely talk about it a lot here. There is this uh, guy named Stephen Hassan. He was in a cult. His his dad kind of helped him get out, but he has this thing called the bite model. So it's behavior control, information control, thought control and emotional control. And this aspect of things kind of goes into that information control because they're automatically telling you like, don't listen to these people. This is on the website, freedomofmind.com. This is for fair use and commentary purposes. But I think this website's really important to take a look at because even though something like worldwide maybe doesn't seem as extreme as maybe like Jonestown, this is still an MLM cult. I mean, all of these things happened. And and while I was in dad, didn't you see a lot of those like cult-like behaviors? Well, I mean, I mean, I think a cult can be... Uh... Uh, uh, described in many different ways. You know, whether it's a, a religion, predatory. I don't want. I don't want to call it a business because it's not a business. You know, a predatory yeah. enterprise. You know, because it, it's 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 not only a, you know how they pray uh, amongst people and a lot of them you know claim to be Christians and all that stuff. So that that totally goes against any of the moral moral compass they preach. Anyways, going back to the cult thing, uh, yeah, I mean, I I saw obvious the predators. People are praying on people that don't have any resources and that the they're so desperate to get out of the, you know, the, the place where they're at. You know, if you don't have any resources, you want to have resources. It's really, it's really hard to be okay when you live in poverty. I mean, it's really hard to be okay. But, you know, people take different uh, different paths to get out of it. Uh, a lot of people stay in it. And that's what they choose to do it. Uh, a lot of people work hard, eventually get out of it. But it, to me, it's more like a cycle. Uh, I, I think, uh, you know, when you grow up in poverty, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a cycle that, that you need to figure out how to break. Uh, it's generation. If you generate like for example my parents you know they didn't grow up with very uh, low resources they were very low income people and uh, you know they really tried to break the cycle to make sure that their kids grew up not not being with you know in the same position where they were and so it's going to be patient and hardworking and some something that a lot of uh, the younger generations don't have they don't have the patience they don't have the patience they don't have the work ethic they don't have what it takes to actually you know, break that cycle themselves. So, yeah. you know, so this, you know, if you want to call them cults, they prey on that. They pray, they, they pray on the desperation of the people. Yeah, they do. And that's an, of course, and they're telling you like, this is the easiest way. Like, it's like a get rich mm-hmm. quick, basically. It's like you've been working for so long. Like they always preach two to five years, two to five years. You can do this in, in two to five years. And quite frankly, Robert is actually still in this business. I saw a picture of him at a function as of recently. This guy has been in the business for seven years now. Seven years this guy was in and he's still not even, they call an eagle in the business that is six people wide, right? That's where you're supposed to quote, have your first form of leadership. You're not going to leave if you go eagle and you'll go platinum or whatever, but he's still in and he's still not even to that level. All the people that are in who were quote, going to be at some level or another, they're not at that level. And I know that because a lot of this information is public. If, If somebody is in those higher gems, if you will, like 
emeralds and and uh, diamonds, of course, and even rubies. You can look this stuff online. All the new gems are all announced. So we know who's not making it. Okay. So you guys can pretend all you want to that you're still in this business being successful. But realistically, you're just still in there because you're a narcissistic. I mean, let's be real here. And so when it came to watching me in this business and hearing some of the I mean, I was already just, and I'm super open about the fact that before I was in the business, I was just a horrible person. Just kind of my viewpoints were all kinds of skewed and the ways that I was raised by my mom and this abusive relationship I was in. So I'm very open about the fact that that's how I was. I feel like worldwide kind of turned that in a way and into where I was, I was really negative towards like really positive things. You know, like for example, I know me and you got into plenty of arguments because I would say, I would say bad things about having a job for a long period of time. I, I mean, I think the, uh, you were kind of like the, the prototype victim for their motto because you didn't believe in education. They don't like people to believe in education. You know, at the time, you didn't believe in, you know, having a having a job and going to it every morning and being responsible. To them, you know, that's perfect. They, they don't want somebody that wants to work hard. They don't want somebody who wants to educate themselves. So in, in order to get out of where we're at, you know, we have to, this is going to be through education and hard work. You, you, can't be, you can't be lazy and stupid and be successful. That just doesn't work. You can be stupid, but you got to be a hard worker. Or you can be lazy, but you got to be freaking smart. Yeah. You, can be, you can be both. It's true. They do prey upon that too. And they do, man. I have a totally different view of education now. Like I have a lot more respect for education than I used to. I mean, I can't tell you how many times, how, how often we talk about college or trades or, or all of the different things that that kids have in the future. But back then, you're right. Oh my God, I was so, I was already in a way brainwashed from kind of the upbringing that I had with, with my mom. But this kind of created a whole new level of, of brainwashing. And it makes me sad to think that I, I, felt, I fell into this. But at the same time, it doesn't surprise me. It does not surprise me at all that someone like me was able to, they were able to get me. Um, and you would always say too, and I was wondering if you can give some perspective on this, but you would always say, why don't they talk? Talk to me. Why will they not talk to me? You always said that. And they never did. What were your thoughts on why? I don't know. I mean, I was kind of glad that uh, they came out and helped me move. That was uh, that was my benefit. That's right. That's they, right. They, they did. I mean, they would not. You know, I always, I always said people might not be very smart, but they can be very strong. That's what I need. I didn't need a. I didn't need smart people at the time. I just needed people that can lift really heavy things. Yeah. Didn't they get the safe move to your gun safe? They got my safe move. They got my piano move. They got the big armor move. Got my tool box without having to offload any tools off. I mean, they they moved about five items that were extremely heavy. So not a not a lot of brains, but a lot of brawn. Yeah, maybe I'll rejoin just for the next time you need to move. Yeah, yeah. If um, if I ever have to move again, I'll definitely join him, join in Amway. Yeah, it's it sucks. Kind of looking back and and seeing all of the wedges that they tried to put within relationships. So I, I still don't understand. I mean, I, I kind of get it why they didn't really talk to me because I was not in a place, a time and place where they thought that I would be, you know, desperate. They didn't think that I was unhappy because I was pretty happy then. I'm pretty happy now where I'm at. And, yeah. and I've, I've not known the formula. The formula is just hard work. So I'll yeah. just do it. Right. Yeah. What's funny is my dad says this, but I still get questions as to what's it like to have a woke dad. Um, so he has these boomer thoughts, you guys, but he's still pretty woke. I wouldn't what? call myself woke. I'm just realistic sometimes. Right, it's true. It's true. Um, I, do work, I, but... I do work Crocs. You do wear Crocs. You wear Crocs and, and you're out there fighting people online. So, but it's a good fight. It's a good fight. My dad's on the right side of history, if you will. The left side of history. The side of history that cares about people. Well, hopefully, hopefully by the, when the history, when history is wrote, I'll be on the right side. 
Yeah, there you go. You'll be on the walk side. What would you tell parents who have kids that are still wrapped up in this business? I know that I have spoken to a number of parents who are like, I've never met my grandchild because their kids are still wrapped up in this business. And um, sometimes they just feel like there's no hope. What would you tell those people, especially since you did see me leave? Well, I mean, one, one of the things that I, it's worked for me. I don't know if it'll work for everybody else. One of them, you can't, you can't give up on your kids. That's not, that is not an option. It, it, that's never an option. Uh, number two is stand your ground. Don't give ground. Uh, you and I have gone back and forth and come around the other side probably better than, than, than we were before because I've always stood my ground. I never, I have never given into, into your desires because I was afraid that I would never speak to you or that I would never see your kids. Uh, to me, it would be like if you threaten me to never see my grandchildren, I go. It's not on me. It's on you. Uh, at the end of the right. day, you're gonna be you're gonna be the one having to explain to to kids why I'm not around. You know, yeah. It's not me. It's not me. The one's gonna have to explain that how come they haven't seen Papa. You know. Yeah. I mean, uh, you will have to be the one having to ask them. Hey, how come? How come we haven't talked to Papa in, in years? Or how come we don't see him anymore? Uh, you know, I'm always willing to help them to help you with them, but it, it has to be rational. Has to be, you know, you have to understand that, uh, you know, you can't use them as leverage. You can't use, yeah. you can't, even, you can't use, you can't use your relationship as leverage. If I were to give an advice to somebody, you know, uh, they, they got a kid, they want to get him, get him out of there, but like, you can't give up, can't give up. Yeah. And you can't, can't use, you can't let them use that relationship as leverage. They'll eventually have to see the light. Don't finance any of the the things that you think they're doing wrong just because you want to stay in good with them. Uh, you know, like I said, I, I'll you know I think I told you before I would never give you any money for that particular enterprise. I'll help you with rent. I'll make sure that your kids have food on the table. I'll make sure that you have a place to go. But I will not pump any money into a business that, that I don't think it's uh you know beneficial to anybody. Yeah. So it just that makes uh, a lot of sense. You just just don't give up. The kids they'll eventually come around. And if, yeah. if they don't, then it's not. They, 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 they don't, you can uh, sleep well at night knowing that it's not, not you, it's them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's some people who just kind of get too too invested in this. You know, I see, I've talked to people who were in for 10 years, 11 years, like it's possible to be in that long and eventually get out. But unfortunately, there are people who get stuck and they're kind of stuck within the manipulation. I don't think people quite understand how manipulative these people are and how I equate them to like a toxic, like a toxic ex-significant other the way that they do things. They're misogynistic. They are pushing their religion on you. They are, I mean, if I'm being honest from a lot of the the stories that I've heard from other people, from what I've seen, they're also very like racist, homophobic. They're going to do whatever they can to be able to, to be all of these things, but they're going to do it in a toxic, toxic, positive way, if that makes sense. Like they're going to do these things, but it's they're going to sound really happy about it. They're going to sound like this is a good thing, not a bad thing. And, and if you guys have not already, I always talk about them, Zay and Melody, their YouTube channel is Zay, Melody and Seven. They have so many different videos um, on Worldwide, and they have one, the leaked Kate message. So if you guys have not heard that leaked Kate message, I cannot speak enough to why you need to go listen to that message. That is exactly the type of people that are keeping your children or your family members within the business and the organization. And it is dangerous. It's scary. And I hear so many stories of, of domestic violence that might be happening, of the toxic relationships that are happening, and and even just the, the abuse. I mean, let's be real. It is abusive what they do. So um, no, I think that's that's fantastic advice because I I see it a lot and it makes me it makes me really sad to that there are people whose relationships are like torn apart because of this business. Going back to some of those behaviors is is they're not going to do anything to help people get out of the situation. They're going to do whatever they can to fuel it and keep you there 
and have your hopes on them and see them as the savior. Not not to see your parents, not to see your friends, not to see the people around you, somebody that can help you. The, the only savior that you're going to have is them. So therefore, they're going to tell you, well, your parents are not going to save you. Your best friends are not going to save you. People that speak against us are not going to save you. We are going to save you. And That's so exactly right. So, you know, they're just going to, uh, you know, if you're in a bad relationship, they're just going to figure out how they can keep you there. Because I would imagine that if, if you tell them that you're in an abusive relationship, oh, it's going to be fine. Oh, you're going you're gonna to have to work through this. Oh, yeah, we'll, we'll work it out. Don't don't leave. They don't stay there. Stay, you know, try to work into a relationship. You know, try to make sure you try to, try to get the, the abuser to change. When they know for a while it's not going to change, they just know that once you get out of that situation, that they might lose you to a different situation. Yep, that is precisely right. Because you know what? You know who, who what their next step of course of action is when they do find that out? or if you're having marital issues, they go to who they call their uh, pastor of worldwide. And I say his name because he's a he's an author. His name is Paul Sika. And they get, they either give them his book, which his book is garbage. Okay. My personal opinion, that book is shit. Again, sorry, sorry, dad, we curse here. But no, it's frustrating because this book is the Paul Sika openly admits that he abused his wife and had an affair on her. And that's the person they're going to for all of this advice. But then they tell us don't listen to your parents who've been divorced. It's like, yo, do you not realize? that maybe they got divorced because the relationship was toxic. I cannot speak how highly I'm glad that my dad is not married to my mother anymore. I cannot speak enough to how good that is. So I don't know, people, maybe divorce is okay, especially if you're in a toxic relationship. But you're right, dad, they they really do that stuff. And and you saw it happen where they they said the exact same stuff to get me back into a relationship with Kyle. Because if I if they could get me with Kyle, and they could quote change Kyle, which obviously, they were never going to be able to do that, they could keep me around, but they were also going to have an additional income with this business as well. That's their inner thought process, at least in my personal opinion. But one thing that you had said is that they always say that your family members can't help you. One thing I have to say, and I can't stress this enough, is the fact that your parents can help you. They always told me, don't buy a house. We'll help you get out of debt free. We'll get debt free, buy uh, cars with cash. And let me tell you, in that organization while I was in, I never had any of that. But when I left, you guys want to know who helped me get out of the hole that they put me in? You guess, yes, right. My dad did. My dad helped me buy a car cash. My dad is helping me on the track to buy a house like they always told me not to. All of these different things that they claim that they could help with that they didn't in three years, my dad did in one year. What was it like, dad, seeing that happen like financially, how I was during the business? And maybe, okay, I know we've gone through some bad things, but what are some good things that you have seen after I left? Well, I mean, certainly the, uh, said the, you know, the way the the ownership that you have taken of not only your life but your kids' life. I mean, it's you know you've grown up a lot. You know, I don't. I think I don't think you get gaslighted, gaslit by anything so easily anymore. You're in a good track. I mean, you surround yourself with hopefully with good people. I mean, I think the the people you surround with pretty cool people. I mean, I I met a few and. To good people in my book, you know, and yeah. anybody that is anybody that is willing to, uh, you know, put their personal affairs aside to go over and drive you back or go with you or, you know, the, you know, those are people that are pretty solid friendships. You know, the, the guy you're with now, I think he's a pretty solid dude. So, I mean, you've you grown up a lot. And they, That's you true. Probably, <laughs> and, and you, you started to learn the... You, you started to learn a while back before you moved down there. You know the you know the value of the dollar. Like you know, I know it's cliche, but I don't know if you understood it when you went in those business. You know the value of having money. Not at all. 
I had so much money too. What's funny is that I had, you had gotten to this point where you were actually helping me kind of get to where you did after, of course, I left. Um, you're helping me save money and like teaching me all these things that I did not learn growing up. And I had, again, they found me at the right time. I had 10K in the bank and I was debt free when they found me. And you were like, that's money's going to go, Danielle. It's not going to stay. And I was like, no, 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 it's fine. It's going to be, it's going to be more. Sure enough, what happened? <laughs> My money was gone. I mean, they, yeah. they, they, they sure did a number on you financially. Yeah, they did. They put me back years. I mean, my one of my guests, Fisher, uh, Hope and Fisher, they're a couple out of Canada, good friends of the show. But they they said it perfectly. Fisher had said, he's like, if you're not careful, you could lose your 20s to these people. Uh, we were talking recently about how like we're all, all of us were pretty close to 30 and, and we're just now kind of deciding like, okay, we're going to start looking into buying a house. Those things are just now open to us. Whereas we spent a, a, a huge majority of time where we could have been saving for houses, looking for houses, trying to build up our, our income to, to have that, they would always, they pushed us down. They said, no, you're not going to buy a house. None of that is good for you. Like they push all of these really negative thoughts that sure might work for someone like Gary Vaynerchuk. Gary Vaynerchuk is, is also the guy pushing cryptocurrency. That's not a guy I want to listen to respectfully, but I, I'm not going to listen to him. They would always use him as an example. And then I see these people that they're talking about once you leave the business and you're like, huh, yeah, that's not a good example. Like the McDonald's guy. Uh, what's his name? Ray Kroc. They would always use him as an example. I saw the founder. I read about him. That guy is an asshole. Again, pardon me down. I'm so sorry. But he he's not a good dude. He took, he took McDonald's from the McDonald's brothers. He went on to franchise. The McDonald's brothers quite literally lost even the name McDonald's. They couldn't use it anymore. I was like, sure, that guy has a lot of money but he didn't do it in a good way. But that's the guy they want us to follow. All this immoral stuff that really, really upsets me that they are pushing. And um, I'm just really glad that I left. I don't think that I honestly could have left if it wasn't for the support of my dad because it's it's one of those things where, you know, you kind of get to the point where you don't know what the hell to do. It can be pretty tough. But uh, but dad, no, I appreciate your time. You have any final thoughts for the people? No, just uh, don't get involved with those people. Pretty simple. Stay away from the Amway people. Well, not, not only them. I mean, stay involved with, you know, stay away from somebody. That, uh, that tries to uh, benefit financially, you know, you know, some dreams of uh, richness that does not exist. You want to, if you want to be, uh, if you want to be okay in life, you know, you know, hard work is the only way that you're gonna get there. Uh, yeah. You know, especially if you're not fortunate enough to have a uh, some family member leaving you a bunch of money. If you're, if you don't have family money, you want to have your own stuff. You gotta work really hard. You gotta get up early in the morning. You gotta come home late. Do it every day. There's no, yeah. there's no shortcuts in life. That's true. And Amway is not your shortcut, people. Again, this is not to defame anybody, but I had a very bad experience when I was in Worldwide. I had a horrible experience when it came to anything related to the Amway Corporation. The more people I talk to, the more that I realize that my story is not uncommon. It sucks to see the people who have, you know, at the very least, and, and again, Hope, friend of the show, she always, she said, at the very least, you will leave with financial problems. That is the very least you will leave with. And a lot of us leave with emotional trauma because these people, they do a number on you. And sometimes it even takes going to therapy afterwards. So hopefully this was helpful for anybody. Dad, I really appreciate your time and I appreciate your help and everything that you do for us, of course. But thank you for coming here and, and talking to everybody and giving that dad advice. If you guys have a story you want to tell, follow me on Instagram at xsnt.podcast. Find me on TikTok at the same handle, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Podcast Music, all of the places. So thanks, everybody. We'll catch you guys next time. Thank you, Dad. Uh, thank you. Thank you for having me. Uh, stay safe and uh, you know, don't give in to people that easy.